everybody welcome to resting pitch face episode 33 i'm Kay. i'm laura and i'm sydney um as always you can find us on twitter resting pitch face with no g that's kind of our primary mode of communication but if you you like to be old school not fully old school we're not talking telegrams or anything but you can always email us at restingpitchface at gmail.com you can check out our website restingpitchface.com that has links to a whole lot of stuff some sort of bonus materials some blog posts some other graphics and our zazzle store if you ever want to uh rep our brand as it were now that that's out of the way uh we've got quite a bit to talk about it's been a couple weeks since our our last episode and we've now got almost a full month of uh baseball back and we have some things to talk about um <laughs> but we have to you know as we like to do wrap up like sort of start with a, a wrap up of things that are going on around the league and I saw something the other day that I don't think there's much necessarily to talk about, but it's just, it's so wild to me that Shohei Otani, I can't remember, of course, now what stadium he was in. The team told everyone to I think be it was quiet. the Royals. Was it the Royals? And they, there was like not many people there, apparently. But the team, unbeknownst apparently to Otani, asked that everyone be quiet in the, in the ballpark while he was batting like it was golf. <laughs> and I did just, they give him a green jacket at the end? I I hope so because it's just that like it's so weird to me that like everything in baseball keys me up to be the opposite. You be as loud as possible when somebody is batting because it it ramps them up and to be like, oh yes. Well, that's and weird. it's that's not, wild. It's not like in Japan people are are silent right. people like, in Japan have like these really elaborate incredible cheers that they do yeah during they, the like, world baseball classic they brought a marching band yeah. like that is you know it's it's not it's not one of those like cross cultural things of like oh everyone in Japan is so quiet and respectful of the game oh. no, no they're loud and respectful of the game like <laughs> They do choreography. Oh, man. Loud choreography. It's awesome. I, yeah, I, I wish that we did that, honestly. I would have so much fun. Well, I, we danced, Laura. True. Don't ever forget that. I Next won't. time we're all at a game together, we'll plan a, a routine ahead of time. We could do, like, okay. the thriller hands that uh, that Defoe and Severino have started doing. <laughs> we could just do the whole thriller dance. With, we could do the, the entire the hands. You know what? I feel like we could call one of them the thriller. I'd be good with it like oh i like that yeah like it's a it's a good nickname it is would that person be in charge of crotch grabs though yes i mean <laughs> yes <laughs> i i feel like we could we can make pedro severino officially in charge of that <laughs> as, as a catcher oh. and derailment <laughs> that seems appropriate to me yeah like yeah. P- pedro the thriller crotch grab captain severino I actually oh, like Pedro the Thriller Severino. I like him I like, so much. That, that works much better than, like, Wilmer the Thriller Defoe doesn't have the, quite the same ring to it. I think Will it's a number of celebrities thing. <laughs> Will the Thrill, though, that works. Yeah. Hmm. We're going to have to test this out at a couple games and see who it sticks more naturally to. Can we yeah, put up a Twitter anybody, poll? Yes, yes, if anybody has has an opinion. Yeah. Um, Will I will the put thrill. up a Twitter poll as soon as this episode goes live. 
asking which one you think should be called the thriller. Now I've lost the plot. Okay. Um, but hey, yeah, Otani. I, Otani, who I guess Sydney referred to in our show notes as somehow having less personality than Mike Trout. An accomplishment for which there is no statistic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how one has less personality than Mike Trout. Mike Trout's personality is baseball and weather. <laughs> I don't I don't even I don't know agree. if the weather factors into it. I, I feel <laughs> like Otani has more personality than Trout. I think I when I saw what he did after that he got the silent treatment after his first home run. That was so that cute. was really cute. And I'm like, I don't feel like Mike Trout is on that level of adorableness. No, he's no. never done anything like that that's made me like freakishly yell aw a lot yeah, of times. Just gra- grab your teammate and force him to hug you. Hug oh. me, damn it. <laughs> um, and, and I forget that Otani is like 22. Yeah, he's a little baby. He, he is a he is a baby. Because we are, I mean, we're definitely used to players who come over from Japan being older, like Ichiro or Tanaka or, you know. Um, Matsui. That's yeah. They've they've had more time to to yeah. Their turkey their thing is is pop out. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> Oh, I saw Ichiro. I was so happy. I have a sparkly oh. Ichiro shirt now, and oh. it's how I feel about Ichiro. Sparkly, <laughs> sparkly T-shirts specifically. Yeah. yeah, I feel I feel sparkly. Like his name his name is in silver sparkly letters on oh. the back, and I'm like, I'm yes. jealous. I'm That's jealous. Exactly how I feel about about Ichiro. Yeah, sparkly letters. I can I just say I am so happy he's actually like playing because I said that I thought that maybe this was a we're gonna sign you and let you retire on 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 your terms kind of a situation, but like that he's actually playing is so exciting. Yeah, no, he started in left field when I was there. Yay! Yeah, like it, you know he was you know playing and getting at bats. Like the Mariners are um not good. That's. Like, a fair point. I saw Lance McCullers, I think, believe one hit them. Um, and it was like not a spectacular, like touted thing because they're so bad. Oh, um, um, Mariners right now, besides Cano, Ichiro, and Gordon. There's a good number. So, uh, Corey Seager's still, brother. Yeah, I was gonna say, they still oh, have right. a Seager. Um, who's in their outfield? Well, Cano, Ichiro, and then, um, they seem to have D Gordon. They do have yeah. D Gordon. They have Nelson Cruz. Oh, Nelson Cruz. Yeah. Um, he's no, the one that I couldn't remember besides D Gordon. Let me take a look. No, there's definitely the rest of their outfield is people I've never heard of. Ben Gamel. Yeah. Um. Let me. Guillermo Heredia, and Mitch Haniger. Mitch Haniger's good. He's kind of cute. Oh, Gene cute. Segura, not T. Yeah. Gene Segura is a Mariner now. Yeah. So, he's a shortstop. He's not an outfielder. Yeah, he's not. But you're you're right. He is a shortstop. But like, I was like, no, we've heard of Segura, um, and and D Gordon and Corey's brother and yeah, Suzuki or Ichiro, obviously. And then um, Mitch Haniger is apparently somebody who is good who we have not heard of. Oh, they have Scrabble. Remember the relief pitcher that we used to have a couple years back? Said. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. They do. They do have Scrabble. I kind of forgot about him. I really like Scrabble as a game, so I didn't forget about him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember what year that was. Uh, I feel like cards are slipping. But yeah, they're they're not good. So yeah, Lance McCullough one hitting them was fine. a non-event. Like yeah. it was. It, I don't think it made anyone's highlight stuff. It was just like, hmm, yes, this is this is normal. I will tell you in person, he has a very good two-seam fastball. Cool. <laughs> 
I, I took pictures of Kay of what Lance McCullers looks oh, like. Oh, that's right. That's why we were talking about him. Yeah, and and she went, "Wow." <laughs> what does he look like? Um, um, it's not so much what he looks like as what he is packing in the back. Oh, it's like be. I think I just. I think I called it not an apple butt, but a it's a great butt. Yeah, <laughs> not little butt. Like it is round. Like like um. So I follow a bunch of the Spanish language. Uh, Twitters and they were talking about his curveball, so it was like that <laughs> curva, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> agreed. Yeah, um, that is a yeah. big um, underhand curve. You could rest a whole team on it. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, we will have to put a uh, picture in our show notes as well, or, or in on our Twitter. Yeah, that is a necessary thing that we have to share with people. Thank God, Pitching Ninja <laughs> is back. Yes. <laughs> Yes, that was such a dumb situation, but yay for the the rise of pitching ninja officially sponsored by. Because he gets to put the logo on his his uh, gifs now. Yeah. What so. was funny is I don't have any specific memory of paying attention to him, and I didn't follow him. But then as soon as he reappeared, I was like, oh, that guy, and I realized I see his stuff all the time. I think I've I've linked you guys to some of this stuff in the past because he like he he's done a lot of stuff from like. Scherzer and Strasburg for, mm-hmm. you know, obvious reasons. It was just a dumb, I was just dumb. Yeah, yeah. and and Jeff Passan is on my good side for being mm-hmm. like, no, stop it, you idiots. And yeah. then, um, and, and we're not naming them because, like, I, yeah. I don't want them to, like, they're like, like stupid frat Bol- Voldemort, like, <laughs> saying their name, they'll just show up. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, good good on them. And good on MLB for being like, oh, you're promoting our sport. Yeah, it's not a copyright violation because gifts aren't. Yeah. Um, let's, let's everyone learn a lesson, MLB specifically. Let's learn yeah. a lesson about how to market your brand to younger audience. Hmm? And honestly, uh, you just learn a lot about pitch types in looking at his stuff. Yeah. You learn how to eyeball pitch types a lot better. It's mm-hmm. good to sort of like now that they're putting it up on the board, like why not and this is an effective way to reach out to a new audience that is not limiting mound visits or whatever other bullshit that manfred comes up with because i've now invoked it so he's going to come up with some other stupid thing that's going to make me angry so (laughs) so we wanted to talk about i think other fun stuff because we have a a middle section that is really not that much fun we have fun things to talk about like like a no hitter against boston by the a's which this season has been like ups- baseball in the upside down, which we were gonna, we we're definitely gonna get more into in a little bit. But yeah, what the heck the A's? Hey, look, it's a uh, Sean Mania. Yeah. Speaking of teams, I can't remember who's on them. Other uh, than Blake, Blake, Blake Trinan. Yeah. Apparently that's it. Everyone else is. Oh, the A's have a team. <laughs> Sorry, A's. You have the best color scheme in baseball. Um, but yeah, he, he, no, he no-no'd them and it was against Chris Sale. Nice. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the, the Sox offense has been ridiculous. I was at this game where they walloped the Yankees. I think it was <laughs> 11 to one, 14 to one. It was a ridiculous score. That is yeah. music to my ears. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is not like no hitting. I don't know. The Marlins. Yeah. Or like, the Mariners. <laughs> yeah. Like. <laughs> This is this mm-hmm. is an accomplishment, and it was the longest. It was the second longest no hit, no no hit streak in in baseball. The first belonging to the A's. Yeah, I think it was it was like over 
2000 games or something like that. It was like a really big streak. Yeah. It's, so, it's been since the early 90s. So kudos. Imagine if somebody tried to bunt. <laughs> Can you hear the Minnesota Twins screaming? <laughs> we'll get into the, some of that later. But like the Twins actually didn't say anything about Francisco Lindor like celebrating mm-hmm. a home run. It was just that he apologized because he been made to feel that he needs to apologize but like yeah the twins the twins being the fun police about don't lay down a bunt in a one-hit game and then i i have to say now that you've made the comparison i will not that i like it i would i would prefer people being the fun police about stupid bunting shit when you're up by seven runs than what everyone else in baseball is deciding they need to be the fun police about right now because one is just objectively stupid the other one is objectively stupid and extremely racist yeah so i'll take just stupid and <laughs> Don't I say that, make... Kate. they'll find a way to make it also racist yeah <laughs> um, and i and i will also say like i'd rather just have some whining than than yeah, like hitting people with pitches yes true. with, with a true. single exception yes well chase utley hit a hit a milestone and that milestone was not someone's leg <laughs> um, he has been hit by 200 pitches and as, so, of, as of the other day for all we know he's been hit by more than 200 by now yeah um though we played against the dodgers and we haven't hit him with a pitch because we don't we don't deign to do that stop bringing logic into this yeah. <laughs> max hit who was it seager with two different pitches yeah with with and- i figured yeah, but it was they were both breaking balls, and neither of them was in situations where anybody wanted to be put on base. But shout out to Dodgers Twitter for being mad about it anyway. I respect that. I don't agree with you, but I respect that. Also, I think it was just Seager trying to be like Chase Utley. There's well, also that. He does see him as like a father figure. Mm-hmm. A, very, <laughs> a very specific kind of father figure. <laughs> like, like the George Michael song? <laughs> <laughs> so, so this hit-by-pitch heat map... Yes. Yeah. That y'all have informed me exists. Is it centered around any particular body part that you can recall? Like, do people really like nailing Chase Utley in a particular place, or is it just like kind of one? Um, the phrase "nailing Chase Utley" in a particular say, place shall be stricken from the record. I was going to say that was a very uh, interesting turn choice of words. Um, <laughs> yeah, he I... gets hit in the shoulder and then the torso, a little bit in the head, which is terrifying. Ooh, a lot in the like thigh. It. I don't want that. Some in the in the foot, which obviously you know stuff stuff bounces, and the knee. But yeah, I mean it's it's it, he turned into it because it's shoulder, torso, thigh. But yeah. that's where you're supposed to get hit by pitches because you don't want to get hit in the hand, the wrist, the head, the knee. For know. the yeah, for the record, this heat map is not just beans, like it's right in, intentional and unintentional because everybody's going to eventually get hit unless you stand like way the hell off the plate. But eventually, everybody's going to get hit. So. Did they, I can't remember, does the heat map show intentional versus unintentional? Uh, no, it doesn't. And there's not okay. a real way to tell other than if right. the, the pitcher is then warned or ejected. Yeah. And even it's all eye testy and you don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. And and some a bunch of people have posted things of him clearly leaning into things. Well, when you're 39 and you, you got to get on base, you know, you'll do it however you got to do it. <laughs> He's 39, Sydney. I know he is not my age, so thank you. <laughs> He's definitely not my age. Kay insulted me and everyone like me by implying that Chase Utley and I could have anything in common, such as our age. I did He's... not say we were the same age. I said he is not that much older than us, which I maintain is true. He's a hundred years old. 
he's 39. He's completely gray. He's been hit by 200 pitches. <laughs> we are in the same decade of our lives as Chase Utley. Mm -mm. No, mm -hmm. I don't accept that as a fact. <laughs> oh, Jesus, I'm never turning 30. <laughs> Good luck with that. I wish yeah. you I wish you the best. <laughs> yeah, the, the progression of time will get you. Mm -hmm. You know who the progression of time does not seem to have gotten that much? Speaking of, of people in their late 30s who I actually like. Who? Jose Batista. Oh. Oh. We bats. bats. He's going to be a bar. Oh. But he's going to be a third baseman. <laughs> and I'm so conflicted. I'm I so love third baseman. Just so icked out by him having to be a barf. But that means we're going to see him. I know, as but a we're barf. having to see him as a barf. Look, I this liked R.A. Dickey when he was a barf, even though he was a barf. Like, we like Kurt Suzuki. I'm trying to decide for myself if this is emotionally worse for me than Kurt Suzuki as a barf. And I think it's slightly emotionally better because I love Kurt Suzuki and I want him back very badly. But it's still just so upsetting. Joey Betts, you, He's you're better a, than this. He's on a minor league contract. That's the other part that's just so upsetting. Yeah. Like, and, and they were like, oh, you know, Ryan Flaherty, he's going to be up and Ryan Flaherty is going to be down or whatever. I'm like, Ryan Flaherty is actually hitting really well. Like, I don't know if you guys have noticed that. The bars are good. When they were up here, I was uh, uh, eavesdropping on a conversation on the Metro between a Nats fan and a Barbs fan. And they were the Barbs fan was basically like, oh, yeah, Flaherty is my favorite. I'm like, is he, has, isn't he five minutes old? How is he your favorite already? Oh, okay, well, one, we cannot criticize people for like liking the, the young ones. I know. <laughs> I mean, I can, but like, I know. We we all thought Moises Sierra was four. Yeah, that was that was a, a fun little shocker. Moises Sierra, for anyone else who's been in the dark like we have been, not a prospect, not a little baby. He's 29, and this is his fourth major league team. Yeah, we were we were talking about what you what did you call it the the provenance of Moises. Yes, Sierra? I had to look up the provenance of Moises Sierra because I couldn't remember what I had to like know for sure that he was on four other teams. Interestingly, his last team was in 2014, on the major league level. And oh. I revealed the sad fact that I learned the word provenance from a supernatural episode about a haunted painting. So, so obviously, this led to the natural solution of why it is that Mo Moises Sierra looks so young. He is also, painting. It's a Dorian Gray situation. Yep, we, we found Christian Yelich's spiritual twin. We found the other Dorian Gray scenario in Major League Baseball. I feel like D. Gordon, though. <sighs> See, the thing is, D. Gordon, I feel like part of what makes him look so young is the fact that he's just small to a certain extent. Does that make any sense? Like, I, yeah. I just look at him I'm like, oh, he's young. And I'm like, you know, if you get it on his face, it's not like he like looks his age or looks like wizened or whatever, but he's not doing a full on Dorian Gray scenario like Yelich or apparently Moises Sierra. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with Moises Sierra because he can hit and he can play left field, unlike certain Matthew Adams, the Adamses that I don't want to mention. But I'm waiting yeah. for the first time that, first of all, like Joey Bats is going to be up because like at least let him hit off the damn bench. Yeah. And second... Um, the first time he flips a bat to, the, I don't know, the stratosphere, what is Atlanta going to do? Uh, they're all going to just, they're going to gasp themselves into comas. Like, oh my word. They will and, then just, and then just faint and then not, not yeah. wake up again until the baseball season's over. They will yeah, clutch that would be their great. pearls so hard that they yeah. will cut off their own air supply and just... <laughs> 
But like, yeah, I'm like, oh, um, you guys seem to have a lot of feelings about how to play the game of baseball. Jose Batista also has a lot of feelings about it, but they are not the same feelings, guys. He's right. He's, He's got the so right, right feelings. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are really creepy. <laughs> but that we're whispering sweet nothings about bat flips? No, this is normal. That is a normal thing. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you on that. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I agree. I'm happy that we're going to see him, mm-hmm. um, assuming he makes it up. But... I don't know. I mean, does anybody know if he can play third base? Yeah. So the answer is no, we don't. <laughs> Didn't when he was like much younger, he do it? Yeah. But he has not recently yeah. played third base. And like, well, he has, but not for a number of innings that would give us a sample size. Mm-hmm. And so everyone's yeah. like, eh, I yeah. don't know. Breaking as like third baseman, Jose Bautista, and everyone on Twitter collectively kind of going, who? yeah Um, (laughs) what (laughs) yeah i don't know do you have to be athletic to play third base like do you have to be able to move laterally (laughs) i'm trying to think of the oldest player who i know of that's played third base and my brain is coming up with chipper jones and cal ripken yeah like it's not a it's not it's a young man's game it's a young man's corner yeah like 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 ryan zimmerman's arm fell off and so he had to move to first yeah he went to the old man corner yes from the young man corner yes and second base is that you don't really need to do shit corner (laughs) uh (laughs) don't worry Trey's behind you just let him do it (laughs) hard disagree on second base but anyway (laughs) well i mean the way we play it yeah being on second base is a different scenario the act where the actual base is located i guess um, no, I just meant, like, with the exception of Altuve, like, most second basemen are, are not good. No, no, it's a, it's a defensive position. It is a high-level defensive position, and it should be treated that way. But it People is not. People on treating it as a high-level offensive position, which is really dumb, because you need, they should be complementary to the shortstop. They should be at a very similar level of defensive skill. I'm sorry, this is the hill I'm going to die on. Oh, okay. I agree with you, but Daniel Murphy. No, I know. Why do you think? Like, <laughs> why do you think from a baseball perspective? I don't like Daniel Murphy. Yeah, I mean, it's it is a good shortstop will cover up a multitude of sins. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a bad thirst third baseman, thirst baseman, a bad Hello. third baseman like will not like you cannot hide that. You cannot hide that at all. So yeah, I think that like if if. Jose Batista can move laterally, which everyone's like, have you seen him in the outfield? Um, no, <laughs> but like, I don't understand why he does. They just don't let him hit off the bench and yeah. like, call him an infielder. And then like, we all move on with our day. Yeah. And it's not like having a fourth outfielder or even a fifth outfielder. Who's your bench guy is a terrible position to be in outfielders get hurt. <laughs> it's true <laughs> or, or have him yeah maybe have him t- you know know that you can defense him switch him into third base you know but like if, he's not yeah. a starting third baseman no one thinks he is yeah so why even start there yeah um i think that's what he wants to play okay joey bats do we need to have a sit down yeah we need to have a sit down decision making process in that we should sit down sit him down in our van that we take <laughs> Don't worry about the burlap. That's just decorative. <laughs> um, I would like to know that Adrian Beltre is a third baseman. That's true. Okay, yeah, he's another Currently? one. But he's still good. I mean, he's still yeah. on it. Like, 
But yeah, it is it is a young man's corner generally. Oh, Longoria is a third baseman too. But he's not that old. I, he feels old. But he's I mean he's not actually. Yeah. He's like he's I was going to say he's like the inverse of Chase Utley, but it's the exact same problem just on a smaller scale. Yeah, so. he's 32. I mean, he's not he's not super young. In baseball terms, yeah, but he's like 32 is still reasonable if you're in good shape. As yeah, opposed I, to, I, I didn't mean for the yeah. earth. Like, oh, no, 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 not third base. For third base. It's, it's, <laughs> 32 is still reasonable. I consider old at third base, like actually old, old. That's yeah, what like, I was thinking about. I feel comfortable like, with saying Adrian Beltre is, he's 39. He's yeah, old. That's, that's old at third base. Like, that's, that's very old baseball. At third base, not just yeah. a little on the older side. Like some people are too old for third base at 28. Yeah. You know, Ryan is obviously too old. Although Adrian Beltre is still working it, so yeah. so we'll we'll see what Joey Bats how it shakes out. I'm excited to see him when mm-hmm. when they come to DC. I'm not, ex- and I'm excited to see Kurt Suzuki. And that is the sum total of my ex- excitement about the Barfs, uh, <laughs> except for the fact that um, what's his face, Dansby Swanson and Charlie Cuthbert. I think are the same person, and the and the Barfs are just letting them like one person hit twice. And hoping I you only don't know one of those is. Yeah, I don't think I've, I've, they look smack alike. Like, people are posting the picture of, like, the two Spider-Men's po- Spider-Men pointing at each other. <laughs> Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Sw- Swanson-Man. But, like, yeah, they look the freaking same. And I know that I have issues with telling white men apart, but, like, this is a trick. Culberson? Yeah, Culberson, sorry. Culberson. Yeah. Okay. Sydney doesn't know names, okay? <laughs> I know I know that they both look like the like POV character in a first person shooter. Oh That's yeah, no, no, no. These guys definitely came out of the same clone factory. Yeah, like it's not the same one that we normally talk about, but they are absolutely out of the yeah, same clone factory. It's not the one in New Jersey clone factory. It's it's the other one, but I'm like, you're faint you're you're vaguely bearded white dudes. Like some kind of Carolina, Carolina scruff clone factory. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, Whoa, this is unsettling, actually. Yeah, no, because it... <laughs> I'm looking at it and I'm like, wait, which one is Culbertson? <laughs> Culbertson? And which one is Swanson? <laughs> now, possibly, I'm not like intimately familiar with the details of what Dansby Swanson's face looks like. Are you I not? Try not to pay attention to him, but <laughs> yeah, that is unsettling. I I assume they're both undead Confederate generals. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> like with the name, I'm just oh, like. <laughs> What you doing? What are you doing in Atlanta? Like, <laughs> are you raising the dead? <laughs> Be honest. Well, Joey Bats. <laughs> Joey Bats. Yeah, there we go. Dead. Ah. <laughs> oh. <sighs> Whatever. That's you know what? Who's fu- Joey Bats is fun, and I yeah. want to talk about fun. I want to talk about unfun. Yeah. Are we good with that? You yeah. don't want to talk about unfun? No, I do want to talk about unfun. Yeah, we should talk about unfun. Because, I mean, we you brought it up in terms of, like, what is Atlanta going to do? And we joked about it, but they're going to probably be really hella racist. Yeah. Um, so we I alluded to this earlier. Lin, they did a, a series in San Juan, um, you know, Indians uh, Twins series in San Juan. First of all, I think that they should we, – we've talked about this. I think they should put a major league team in San Juan. Oh, yeah. Um, and one in Mexico City to do, like, an AL – nl kind of thing and you know balance balance whatever absolutely but you know that that as a series was obviously very emotional for the people of puerto rico um seeing sort of the the players who are from puerto rico come back have really good games and you know basically 
have like a moment of joy in a year that is has been obviously incredibly like just difficult beyond the telling of it and so he hits a home run the stadium erupts and then he apologized for celebrating it should be pointed out apologized after a whole lot of people complained in a hella racist way yes but not the twins weirdly no so the fun police the twins didn't complain they thought it was totally fine but he felt the need to preemptively apologize for having joy and having brought joy to a lot of people. Because so many times he's been conditioned to think that he's going to have to do that because yes. people have treated him so poorly when he's done it in the past. Exactly. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like if if that is inherently disrespectful to the game, then the game needs to change. Yeah, the game is wrong. The game is wrong. And, you know, we exploit the Caribbean so hugely like and and Puerto Rico mm-hmm. in that like their players are treated like like other international players are not treated like players in the US despite mm-hmm. being US citizens mm-hmm. like we underpay underfeed and like undereducate their teenagers on a regular basis and use their labor and then send a lot of them back with no discernible skill set mm-hmm. other than baseball yeah and, and so, sometimes some major injuries. Yeah, and major major injuries and health conditions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And so just like the idea of being joyful in the place that you come from, that has had the hurricane and thousand like more than a thousand people on record die, is just. I mean, that is disgusting, appalling. I don't know if there's a word that really gets at it. I think it needs, it's more of a, just a general soul noise, which is, ah! oh, oh yeah. my God. <laughs> but like, yeah, that's, that's sort of the point where you're like, stop it. Just stop, stop policing and stop making players who are good players who are, you know, and it's, and, and obviously Latino players get hit with this more, but I, I do have issues with people like, oh, they just play with so much more passion. And I'm like, no, it's a heterogeneous population. Like Anthony Rendon is really fun to watch, but <laughs> let's list out the, the the adjectives that we ascribe to Anthony Rendon. Passion is definitely the top of that list. I th- I think possibly chill would be <laughs> the top of that list. Like like he is very relaxed, and I like that he's very relaxed. But like the idea that li- that like all people from latin america have the same personality and it's fiery is another thing where it's like no it's mm-hmm. you're perceiving it as fiery because you're ascribing that to them because they are latino yep and that's sort of a thing of like oh just let them play like that's a different style of play blah 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 and i'm like have you ever seen japanese or korean baseball it's super high energy super super fun generally like culturally and yet we don't ascribe those adjectives to players from those places no not at all no because our stereotype for asians in this country is is a very different stereotype exactly we we, you know u.s society likes to say the opposite even in all evidence to the contrary i mean that might be actual culture of the leagues that they're coming from that might be part of what we talked about to begin with with the team not consulting otani about like should they everybody be quiet for him yeah that yeah that is very much a possibility in that situation yeah i don't know why the angels decided to do that it's it's again not like he played in silent stadiums but no i mean it's all back to this it's it's back to the stereotype like you guys were saying you know yeah and and if let's say Ian Kinsler was fired up about something, Ian Kinsler would not apologize. 
No. Has Ian Kinsler ever been fired up about anything? Yes. He's he's fiery. He's he's an asshole. Like Okay, um, so see I I okay. sorry. I I see fired up as positive. Yeah. Whereas um, I see Ian Kinsler as negative. Okay, so here's a better one. <laughs> Several years ago when we still had Jordan Zimmerman, who thankfully seems to be okay from getting after getting hit by a pitch in the face. Sorry, oh just my God, to mention that, was that. So scary. He seems to be fine. When he was with us, remember the whole joke was like does not show emotion and then that one time he showed emotion for the first time in his life we all went nuts because he was like pumped up he on all, all literally all he did was like fist pump the air and like yell yeah and we were all like oh so good white dude getting very praised for a very minimal level of excitement or or Alex Bregman, you have you've seen the gif of him like standing on the the top step of the dugout holding the rail and just like doing that noise K made earlier, <laughs> like that soul scream. And I I like Bregman. I I think I take digs at him too much because he is praised for things that Latino players are criticized yeah. for. The digs are more at the people who are doing doing yes. the praising, not Bregman himself. But I think he's a good like comparison because he is again like a white guy holding a, a railing and screaming mm -hmm. versus yeah when a like yeah and, and so there, there's sort of the the difference in that's perceived as positive oh he loves the game so much blah 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 you know and and then Lindor has to preemptively apologize for doing yeah. something that had I don't know Bregman gone and done in in I think he's from Albuquerque like in Albuquerque if they were playing there for some reason <laughs> It, you know that that wouldn't be that would not be criticized for mm -hmm. right um and so like yeah the the whole like guys who are pumped up to be playing in front of like their family or their hometown or when like tanner Roark's entire hometown came to cheer for him you know yeah. th that's perceived as good but when or or the astros winning the world series because like the city of houston deserved it for what it's been through mm-hmm and that was the narrative, and it's a bullshit narrative. But like the Astros were, were good, and they beat the they beat the the Dodgers, and like okay, but like they didn't deserve it because people had died in Houston, right? But that was not seen as like negative that they were excited about it. Versus Lindor was excited about playing in a place where people had literally died. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just I have obviously a lot of feelings about it. Well, um, he would have gotten that blowback. He would he would have gotten that blowback if he had been doing it literally anywhere else too. It, like it, it's not even just about right. the fact that he happened to be in Puerto Rico. Obviously, that added to his own personal excitement. But if he had been playing literally anywhere and done that, because we've seen that every time and time again, who gets beaned celebrating during their home run trots? Non-white players. And yeah, he is the um, weird outlier that proves the role. I'm gonna say, can we get into the the blog post a little bit? Yeah, let's. Yeah. Okay. So like because Bryce Harper is. And Ian Kinsler are the, the outliers that prove the rule. So I got mad when Rendon got ejected because everyone got mad when Rendon got ejected for literally doing nothing. Right. Um, but yeah. you know he's a he's a fiery Latino player who we need. To oh please. yeah. Oh okay. Sure. You know who I was reminded of seeing the pictures of him because I was at the game so I couldn't I didn't see the pictures till after the pictures of his face. He looked like Ryan Zimmerman. Yeah. Yeah. You're <laughs> right. It was Zim face, which was like, what? Zim what face and Jim, Zim body language. Yeah. Um, he was also, I'm pretty sure, smiling. Yeah, so well, I mean, he... Getting ejected because yeah. Tony proving once and for all that he can smile at any time. Um, 
and everyone's like he's just like a super amiable dude like what are you doing guys um and that ump was totally wrong about the strike zone and i well, think people had been like being like oh was that was that a, a low strike oh um but like tony didn't even argue so he got ejected and then i was like let me let me see basically if there's been analysis of rates of ejection of non-white and white players and the answer is there hadn't been so i decided to anger <laughs> spreadsheet the umpire ejection fantasy league is a thing cool they put up data back to like 2012 um i only looked at statcast era data and basically found that it, when you compare their uh non-white and latino players ejections to their representation in the league they are ejected a disproportionate amount and that the only time that the reason that people don't see it as much is because there is a handful of white guys who get ejected repeatedly for being bryce harper being ian kinsler stuff like that so to clarify being bryce harper is not a thing that deserves being ejected being ian kinsler is yes well <laughs> um but like bryce is you know he, he is passionate yeah. And fiery. And I've seen him get ejected for, like, nonsense because, like, the ump doesn't like the way his hair is. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, people, because of the eye test, think, oh, well, maybe white players get ejected the same rate. In 2015 and 2016, in 2015, non-white players made up 50% of ejections. And in 2016, they were the majority of ejections. And this is despite being a, a significant minority in the league. Yeah. Um, so it was sort of averaged out to being non-white players are about 40 to 42 percent of the league, but no Asian player has been ejected in that time. Yeah. So it's, again, Latino and black players being disproportionately ejected because when you say, oh, well, well, like not not one Asian player was ejected during this time, that then means that they are really overrepresented. And the issue is, like, the data I have from MLB doesn't talk about which ethnicity each player is. So, like, I had to go and hand assign it. So, like, I, for instance, I did not know Joe Ross was was uh, biracial. I did well, not know that his mom I, was, was Korean. I did not and know I the Korean part. people know that, which I think, I mean, this gets fuzzy all the time, but I think perception in these types of situations can be more important than reality because, like, so few people actually know that Joe Ross is half Korean. Yeah, and I and I had some caveats like um Cervelli. Yeah, Cervelli that was a weird one. Is, you know, he's he's Italian and he's Venezuelan. And he pl I believe played for Team Venezuela. No, he played uh, for Italy. He played for Italy? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh I thought that was okay. Yeah, so he played Sorry. I thought it was Napoli. No, it I meant it might have been both of them, but it was okay. definitely Cervelli definitely played for Italy. Okay. So like I have no idea that like what how a particular umpire looks what they look at him and they see and and people were like well i don't think people know rendon is latino and i'm like oh <laughs> um and i'm like this is not like a paper bag test kind of deal of like oh, god you, you know it's not but at the same time i'm like uh, uh guys have you have you tried looking at anthony rendon because i i am a i would say semi-professional looker at <laughs> anthony rendon at this point <laughs> i also say just you know, hearing his name. Rendon apparently doesn't register for a lot of people, though. Really? Like, yeah, it's it's weird. He does have an accent on it, though. I don't think he puts no, it on he, the... I don't think he actually does. Because they've been really good about putting accents on name cards and not just jerseys, but yeah. like on everything. And he has never shown up with a name, uh, an accent, despite the people who 
repeated who didn't used to and now do okay so i don't think he actually does have a, an yeah. accent rendon as a name does occasionally get the accent over the o um, but yeah but he might not prefer to have yeah. one for one yes. reason or another maybe his family doesn't use them anyway my my, my colombian friend's grandmother's maiden name is rendon and she has an anthony rendon shirt which confused her because she has no idea what baseball is <laughs> <laughs> but it's really cute so somewhere there's a, a 90 year old somewhat cranky colombian grandma <laughs> wearing a rendon shirt um, i love that i want to meet her yeah <laughs> she was like oh a shirt with my name why is it red <laughs> <laughs> okay but like yeah it's and it's hard to know perception and like it's hard to know what a particular umpire is thinking or if you know i don't think that they're thinking like oh i'm gonna eject them because they're latino but i do think that it's like it's a clear pattern of behavior right i think that's also the pattern of data is more is more telling because cervelli is one guy right but and and if we only had like cervelli and five other people then that would be a problem. But because there is so much data, there are so many players, and you did this over several years, I think we can safely say whatever the situation is with individual players who might be perceived one way or another, the pattern regardless is clear. Yeah, that's anecdotal data versus actual data. Right. Yeah. Um, And and I will say it it actually, like 2017 was like players were ejected basically proportionate to the representation in the league. Like, so I don't know what's going to happen in 2018. I am tracking it. I mean, it's probably something that's going to be in flux and to to really get the full on picture, you're going to need like probably like 10 years of data because it's going to change, you know, just because it's not a predictable statistic mm-hmm. or a predictable action, I should say, not a predictable statistic. That's the whole point of why you're analyzing the statistics. It is a, you know, you can't yeah. predict somebody's going to get mad on a certain day or be perceived as getting mad because that's really right. what it, I mean, that's what it is. It's, it's not so, like it's, predictive fan graphs projections yeah. of whatever. Yeah. It's, yeah. You can't say, oh, a player is going to spike his helmet. Yeah. And I will say, so a lot of people on Twitter were like, well, basically, like, what if you look at, you know, them deserving it, you know, for things that are egregious? So I filtered out basically pitcher ejections, um, even when they were like, initially, even when they were at the plate, but then went and put them back in for arguing balls and strikes, but not for, for throwing at. Non-white and Latino players are still disproportionately ejected once you take out throwing at, once you take out unsportsmanlike conduct, which tends to be a white guy ejection. Yeah. And once you uh, take out fighting. Yeah, fighting is the thing that I think nobody would even start to argue on. But actually, there might be some numbers in that because there's always the collateral damage of guys who are in the fight. Yeah. Well, and when you start looking at it, you're like, oh, white pitcher ejected for throwing at three Latino players ejected for fighting. I wonder what happened. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that's like a beaning, you know, and it could be that it's, you just went and got your friend and now you're all ejected. Right. It's, it's, so I was trying to, trying to figure out a way to put this before. It's the same behavior in a white person being seen as worse if a non-white person does it or a Latino or a black player does it. Like the Ryan Zimmerman doing the exact same body language as, Anthony Rendon, as he has done, I'm not even sure how many times, not seen as egregious. Anthony Rendon does it; he's insulting. Exactly, and and also just like Ryan Zimmerman and Jason Worth have repeatedly done the "Let's go get Bryce Harper, let's go keep yep. Bryce Harper from killing somebody," and, and never gotten suspended or whatever for it. Yeah, they shouldn't. But uh, like, yeah, yeah. It, it, there is the issue of of 
some collateral damage. And I, and I will say, I didn't go back and I didn't look at video of all of these ejections. Yeah. That's a lot that of ejections. That would be monumental undertaking. Well, it's also just like me going and hand essentially assigning was this justified or not is beside the point is beside the point and, and it's subjective it's subjective it's there is no there is no way to do this without bias until yeah. we have automated umpiring the subjectiveness of it is the point of what yeah. you're doing the analysis and so people are like well basically what if they have it coming and i'm like look like they ejected roberto osuna like he's so cute uh, yeah, and I think it, I think it was for throwing out or something. Like I think it was when both benches had been warned or whatever. But I'm like, again, let us not assume that all Latino and non-white players are, are are homogeneous and universally fiery and passionate and like blah 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 blah. And like, and let us not assume that all white players are wet cardboard. It's it's subjective and they ascribe those adjectives to one type of player and not the other type of player and those one and that first type of player gets disproportionately punished. Yep. And even though like the real repeated ejectees are almost all white except for Matt Kemp and uh Escobar. Matt Kemp? Yep. What did Matt Kemp ever do to anybody? He seems so calm. I don't know. Escobar, uh, I, I have to let that one go because yeah. dude seems like a real asshole. But <laughs> Yeah, I was kind of like, yeah, Escobar. I was like, yeah, there's a case to be made that he just has it coming. Yeah, I mean, I haven't. I, I, I think Nats fans don't talk much about his, the thing with the slur and the eye black that happened before mm -hmm. he was a Nat. But he kind of lost me then. Yeah. He further uh, lost me when his error was the difference between Max's second no-no and Max having a well, game, but that's a different issue. <laughs> that's a baseball issue and not a you're a freaking homophobe issue. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, yeah, Escobar and Matt Kemp, and I'm just like, okay, whatever. Like, But then that's for people who have four or five ejections. For people with three ejections, it's except for, oh, God, like two guys. It's 13 guys who have three ejections and all but two are latino i am shocked i'm shocked yeah. yeah and it's like long time players like this is not and, and i'm just like really them oh, okay like yeah like, i mean i think i think the sad thing is from the minute you said you were doing this we all kind of knew where it was gonna go yeah but the fact that nobody had done it before and actually having the data in black and white is a different story from from just sort of knowing from the mm -hmm. from our eye test and yeah. the other patterns of racist behavior in the league yeah and so yeah I, I you shouldn't go into data expecting to know the outcome but at the same time i'm just like yeah this is this is pretty undeniable and even when you control for all of these other factors it still persists right and i mean i think i looked at your data i don't it, i don't think you could have manipulated it in any way you didn't you didn't significance test or anything anyway no so. and, and i want to be clear that this is um, and Laura was really good about about doing an edit of taking out anything like as compared to chance and stuff like that. Like this is not this is descriptive and not inferential statistics. And and quite frankly, like it's not huge sample sizes. It's big sample sizes, but not huge for baseball. I think depending yeah. on what you're in, I like I look at baseball sample sizes and I feel like they're huge because I <laughs> at one point worked in rare disease research. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say case study rare disease yeah. research has a different like level hey we were uh, a step up from case study okay. we were a cohort oh okay F fair enough <laughs> but like 
yeah, I didn't, this is purely descriptive. Mm-hmm. I didn't significant test. I'm not going to chi-square this thing. Like, I, don't I might so. at the end of 2018. Okay. Um, if I may. But like, at the same time, it's just kind of like, okay, maybe, maybe we should do something about this and maybe we should talk about it. Yeah. And yeah. I think, I mean, we've talked a lot before about the culture of the league in general, the culture of, you know, the United States of America. Um, and then the umpire pipeline being what it is. Yeah. And I don't think that having more diversity in umpiring is a cure-all for this. No, but it's a factor, certainly. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a step in, the direct, in, the, in a better direction. Yeah, I just don't want to put it all on Black and Latino umpires to not be jerks. Right, like, right. I'm like, look, well, and especially when you're in, you're in this culture where you're the minority and you have to act a certain way by the culture of the umps and the unions are very sort of, we do what we do and we are what we are. I mean, that's got to be a tough position to be in. Yeah. Um, and I will say, like, I looked at individual umpires and it's really, like, I didn't try to ascribe disproportionate tossing to any particular umpire in part because, like, some of them just umpire brawls. Like, yeah. And it's a factor of, like, the number of games you umpired and stuff like that. And some of them are just straight-up jerks regardless. <laughs> well, okay, so so League, like, number one jerk, C.B. Buckner, has tossed, like, two people. He's not a jerk. He's just bad at calling balls and strikes. Yeah, well, he's a little bit of a jerk. That time well, that I he, think he, all he called the game back and we had to do, like, the ninth inning again. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, he's more just kind of bad at his job than an active jerk a la yeah. a Joe West. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm just like, to be an umpire, you sort of have to be a jerk. Yeah, you have to be a little bit of a jerk. Yeah, and so well, again... Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Hmm? I... I... I suppose. I think it's also like you have to be able to sort of take a lot of crap and make tough calls that are going to be unpopular. Mm-hmm. And so if that means you have to be willing to be a little bit of a jerk sort of for the good of the correct call in theory, that's not how it usually works out. But yeah. sorry, I'm feeling more warm and fuzzy towards umpires since reading those articles about um, the women in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's evidence that the league has colluded to keep out women from umpiring. Right. This yeah. is my shocked face. Yeah. Um, so why don't we go with MLB umpires? Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I think, so I think the issue I'm having is this is a systemic problem that needs a systemic solution. Yes. Mm-hmm. That tree training, basically there's no utility in correcting the actions of generally old white men and hoping that that works, that the league could put in things that would essentially make it out of their hands if they're implicitly or explicitly racist. Like if you had a system that just said it doesn't matter if you are because like ejections, that should be automatically reviewable. Yeah. And like, if you, I don't know, for instance, eject Anthony Rendon because you thought it was a strike and it's definitely a ball. And we can see on freaking StatCast that it was a ball and Anthony Rendon is right and you eject him, unless he does something egregious like making contact with you, he should not be ejected. Well, and I do think the problem is the people who are making those decisions may or may not do so fairly. You know, because even if you have a second set of review, who's making that call? Yeah, is I put it, it just more umpires? I put it in the loving hands of StatCast. Well, but who runs StatCast? StatCast is also j- literally just like data and if you're talking about something that is a a, a more subjective situation then it's you know 
since it's a subjective problem, you're always going to have to deal with some kind of subjective bias because trying to put an, an objective eye on was he being mouthy or did he have mm -hmm. a legitimate concern? StatCast can't tell us that. No, that is absolutely true. But what I will say is, so for tennis, they went to a computer doing the review system for in versus out. But that's a different, I mean, that, you're talking just, just on terms of balls and strikes arguing. But that's the big, majority of the ejection. Right, right. But I'm saying like there's a, there's a significant, the, whether it's a ball or a strike, then is not into play because there's a big difference between griping about whether or not it was a ball and yelling at the umpire about whether it's a ball. And it doesn't, well, and, and just reviewing, was it actually a ball doesn't. But if I know that there's it. a logical way to review, if it's a ball or a strike, I am less likely to argue it and more likely to just be like, Oh, okay. Like we, we can argue this. Like we can just do it as a review. And it turns out you're wrong. Yeah. I think but, it would have to be, again sort of a cultural change i think arguing with the ump is such a thing mm -hmm. right well that if this were going to be how it went from now on there would have to be a significant change in how players handle those situations uh, well Otherwise, and i think there would be like if i knew that there was a fair re like review process in something i would be less right. likely to argue it that but that's not reviewing ejections that's reviewing balls and strikes I, I, which I actually think yeah. should be reviewable. Right, that's fair. I just, you were saying review ejections, and I'm like, that's where it gets very complicated. <laughs> well, but I think, like, I, I do think that there is a point where if I get ejected for, like, being like, hmm, yes, that was a ball, you called it a strike, which is what happened, right. and they said, okay, the ejection is automatically reviewable, I am less likely to get in, get in the umpire's face. Um, we don't need Dave Martinez coming out and, and making a show about it. Although I loved that. Let's yeah, I loved that. Uh, yeah, but like he was already ejected, so that was just for funsies. It's always Which just I love. Yeah. Manager injections are literally always just for funsies. Um, <laughs> except when Yadi or Molina goes after somebody. Yeah, but. That was bizarre. <laughs> I, I don't think we, we got the full story on what happened with, with Yadi or Molina losing his damn mind. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah. Um, because like Yadi or Molina has been around a long time, and, and I, I don't do typically. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Um, yeah. And so like again, the fact that he wasn't ejected for laying hands on an umpire and screaming at a manager, I think it's because the manager said something that was not what everyone claims that he said. Yeah. Um, because like, yeah, because Yadi or Molina lost his damn mind. I don't. Know, I think that I just I think that there should be. A different review process. I do think that ejections generally should be automatically reviewable. I, I don't disagree with that. It's just a question of who do we get to review it? Because if it is umpires, they're going to be dealing with the exact same implicit bias that the ejecting umpire is, and they're and they're going to want to protect their own. Exactly. Yeah, I, I hear that. So I do it, think that I, I do think that there's it would tilt it towards ejections for throwing at and fighting, which I'm totally comfortable with. Yeah. I mean, there are there are things that players can do, regardless of who they are, that absolutely need to get ejected. Like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like I f I feel like managers' challenges should be balls versus strikes because that that happens in crucial moments. That is, I I agree with you on that one. And um, I know everyone's like, oh, that'll slow the game to a halt. I'm like, no. If they repeatedly argue that, and the umpire is repeatedly wrong, that umpire should lose his damn job. Yeah, or get sent down at the very least. Yeah, yeah there needs or, to be some kind of um consequences for umpires being inept at the at minimum because the strike zone yesterday was weird did you describe it as a mobius strip uh yes it was a tesseract of <laughs> stupidity you know um, and i i haven't been watching as much this season 
as I was last season, I've been listening to more games um, or just unfortunately missing them. But from my incredibly unscientific study of Twitter, I feel like people are complaining about the strike zone a lot more this year than they were this time last year. And not I, just Nats fans. I wonder, I'm not saying that what you're saying based on what you've observed is, is wrong, but I wonder if that's just more and more and better information about the balls that are going through the strike zone mm-hmm. and maybe in previous years. So like it's, it's far more obvious to everyone when that was a bad call as opposed to a couple years ago where, yeah, like we had pitch tracker, you know, whatever it is, but like pitch, pitch yeah, pitch FX. Yeah, but like so maybe maybe everybody calls it something differently. It maybe it's just less that people are getting more mad about it, but just more people are paying attention to it. I don't know. I genuinely don't. Or know. they have the data to back up. They're exactly. Exactly. Less of a throwaway thing and more of a, hey, gee, this really yeah. looked bad. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have a, I don't have a solid conclusion on whether people yeah. are more mad because the strike zone is worse, or whether people are more mad because they're more able to tell that. But one way or another, it really does feel like from day one of this season, everybody's been up in arms about the strike zone from every team that I have someone who's a fan of on my Twitter list, which is probably a decent chunk of the league at this point. Yeah, and it's not like it's not like we're dealing with a whole these umps have been doing all of them have been doing this for a long time. So if it's a question, did they all just collectively get worse overnight? Yes, not. (laughs) <laughs> um, I think it's also, so I think it's in part a factor, honestly, because of the cold. When it's cold, the strike zone gets bigger because they don't want to be out there as long. <laughs> I'm not kidding. When it's really well, yeah. hot, the strike zone, if it's yeah. really hot, the strike when zone also gets bigger. When you're in, in the extras. 12th inning of a game, yeah, the strike yeah. zone gets bigger. As long as it's consistent, I don't necessarily have a problem with it. As long as it, every, it's the, the it's strike zone gets bigger for everybody. And so the, the, the issue was... You know, so there's a good Twitter that's national strike zone. That's basically mm-hmm. like where the ball was, the percentage of the same umpires who make that call. Did it help us? Did it hurt us? And when they're tweeting it and it's sort of equal for the game, I don't get mad. Right. But when it's so egregious and I'm like, look, I'm not saying that like Anthony Rendon is Ted Williams, but Anthony Rendon will let you know if it's a strike. Right. Like, and when he's just like, it wasn't a strike. You know what? He's Right. He's yeah. right a lot of the time. And, you know, I Trey got, I think, struck out a couple times yesterday, and he was like, those are not strikes. And he was absolutely right. Right. And it's, you have to be consistent, because then you can predict, you can plan for it. Yeah. You know? well, and I just think, I, I, I think the only way for true consistency is just to have the same damn strike zone. Like, all of this getting bigger, getting smaller there's always going to be somebody who gets screwed by it. And you could argue that if people get screwed by it in equal proportion, then sure. But even that, I I just want the damn strike zone to be the same. Yeah, and <laughs> honestly, like, umpires actually have a lot to do other than calling balls and strikes. Mm-hmm. So, like, if there were just a machine that was, like, red or green, I would be fine with it because the home plate umpire has to call a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. And so I'm fine with, I'm like, I'm not saying that they should all lose their jobs, but that part of their job, when they put it with tennis in and out, everyone kind of went, okay, yeah, just have a little machine, have it be inside the umpire mask or whatever, Mm -hmm. have it, you know, do two colors and that's it because they have other stuff to do. I am comfortable with it. Yeah. And I'm also comfortable. I I think I am comfortable with it too. And I've been the one who's been like less on the side of automating that. Or, Or even have it be like, 
most of the time they don't get the little feedback, but they if they need it, they can look at it. They could have like a mini pitch track inside their mask. I'm not kidding. Like, like why no, not? No, I'm not kidding either. Like, like a heads up display. Absolutely. Like, like I, you know, I, I think that the future of this is it, now that we have a giant radar system on the field is having a heads up display that displays it so that if they say, hmm, I don't know if I called that one correctly. Let me look at it. Mm, I did not. And, and it's this one. They can do it. And that wouldn't slow down pace of play that much. No, mm-hmm. I don't think, and that and that would actually probably slow down pace of play even less than than reviewing, you know, having individual pitches yeah. reviewable, yeah, or, or ejections, like that's slowing down pace of play. I mean, it's it's a delight if if Davy Martinez wants to throw his helmet, kick some dirt, like full mm-hmm. full on Jimmy Duke in it. By the way, I rewatched the League of Their Own on Friday, mm-hmm. um, and it made me happy, and I didn't realize that like part of it is um, I, this is terrible. Stillwell's mom. Oh yeah, learning her learning how to throw properly to the cutoff, uh, man was like I didn't I never picked up on that as being like an emotional learning moment for her, but I was like oh my god she learned how to throw to the cutoff correctly. This is so <laughs> great, and then I cried. <laughs> yeah, no, I I definitely definitely cried like multiple yeah. times during the movie. Again. Oh, I bawled through that movie. Yeah. I love that movie. Um, that movie gets better every time. But yeah, she she I I never picked up on that in my many many watchings of it that like well and her... it's 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 an emotional learning experience for Jimmy Dugan too because yeah. at the end he says to her relatively nicely mm-hmm. that is something that I would like for you to work <laughs> on for next year and she's like oh okay I'm gonna throw to the cutoff yeah. man correctly yeah. why would you throw home when you throw to the cutoff man you know and and so that was yeah that that got me in the feelings. The other thing I want to give a shout out to was there's a really, really, really good article that came out in The Undefeated, which I had not was not familiar with, which was about basically the state of black managers in Major League Baseball. And it's the state of black major, m- managers in Major League Baseball would discuss Jackie Robinson. Mm-hmm. And it's a great analysis of how black managers are given fewer opportunities to take over for teams above 500 given fewer opportunities generally are more likely to be fired even when successful and that the pipeline is not the issue because there are now more black coaches than players Mm -hmm. and yeah it's it's really really good i mean i'm again i'm i'm completely not surprised considering we have one black manager currently because if you make a mistake as a black manager then you lose your job as opposed to a black manager or a non-black manager who makes a mistake and gets another try or right. or and gets hired with no qualifications yeah or gets that hired was a no big thing that the article went into yeah. was, was really comparing the numbers of yeah um experience and the situation that the team was in when the manager was given to take over and and you know, really, when are we comparing apples to apples? When are we comparing apples to oranges? Yeah. And how are people being set up for success or failure from yeah. the beginning and then, you know, penalized for whatever the results are? Yeah. Compare Matt Williams and Dusty Baker and Dave Martinez. Matt Williams was hired as a third Bates coach. Yeah. As opposed to Dave Martinez, who was hired as having been a bench coach, which is the one step towards manager for what, like 10 years? Yeah, right, and people was... were saying for years yep. that he was about to be hired as a manager, that yeah. he deserved to be hired as a manager. And, and compare Dusty Baker, who has a huge amount of managerial experience, 
couldn't get a job for a year before he came to us, so we got him cheap. And now does not have a job. Well, he has a he's working as a, a consultant for the Giants. Yeah, and you know, we we didn't talk hugely about about the Washington Post article that's basically like him making his peace with all of it. Mm-hmm. But like they were like, hey, Dusty Baker had 97 wins with the Nationals, 90 wins with the Reds, yep. 95 wins with the Giants. Like, right. you know, he doesn't have a World Series ring as a manager. And that's I mean, that's the, that's the ding against him. Yeah. He's still Hall of Fame worthy in literally every other yeah. way you can possibly be Hall of Fame worthy. And Dave Martinez has been fine. Yeah. Uh, he's overused Ryan Madsen, which is is a fault. But like, he as has far been... as, yeah, as far as faults go, it's fairly like low on the list for the first month of your managerial career. Yeah. yeah. And also for what it's worth, the whole thing with Zimmerman is another thing he was getting a lot of flack for. Um, and although, you know, plenty of people are still blaming Ryan Spring for his lack of production at the beginning, the same people who were screaming for Zim to be moved out of the spot after Bryce, which I will admit I was doing too. I yeah. thought that Zim shouldn't have been in that spot. Well, he's hitting all of a sudden. Yes. <laughs> Here, here, Ryan Zimmerman has never, except maybe when he was baby Ryan Zimmerman, he doesn't hit well in April. He likes it hot. Well, it's good that he's with us. <laughs> well, like, to be fair, maybe somebody who knows Zim better will say, let's bat somebody else after Bryce, given the Murphy's yeah. out for the month of April. During yeah. April, Zim should not be in the four-man spot. He should well, be somewhere else. He should have also been taking ABs in spring training. I, you know, there's got to be an injury thing. Honestly, I don't... On, this has been litigated and litigated and litigated, and I know nothing I say like matters in the grand scheme of this. I don't think it would have made a difference. Because this he's is... bad in April. Because he's bad in April. I mean, he took ABs last spring training and had and the one before that and the one before that. I don't really think him getting like ten ABs in spring training would have accelerated, especially because it has been atypically cold. Mm-hmm. Like by now, Ryan Zimmerman would be starting to heat up, and so it looks like him having those extra ten ABs would have. You know, he he seems like he's 10 ABs behind, or, you know, 10 is a yeah. random number, but it's also 10 degrees colder than it normally is this time. Of Have we considered the possibility that Ryan Zimmerman is actually a lizard in a human suit? <laughs> he, I think he, I think he would be a little bit more expressive. I mean, you've seen lizards, right? They're, they don't, they, they don't have facial expressions. Can. They have cute little faces and they absolutely have facial expressions. I mean, Ryan Zimmerman has a cute, cute little unmoving face too. <laughs> like, do we know he's not a poikilotherm? <laughs> not technically honestly if he was a lizard i think he's more of a bearded dragon with they do the little head bobs i love their little head bobs they're like yeah. that, that, that's kind of what makes me think of brian's i mean i've always thought yeah, he does space, that. But i could definitely go with bearded dragon lizard yeah that works like it would explain the issues with the cold it would explain the it would explain the lack of, of facial expressions yeah. we need to just give him a big heating rock in the dugout that he can bask on yes <laughs> <laughs> and then he'll be very happy. Him and Trey can have a little snuggle pile together. The whole damn team, honestly. Except for Gio. We were talking Except about Gio. Oh, and Strauss, who was sweaty yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, he sweats. He just oh, sweats a lot. My god, he's so sweaty. He's a very sweaty man. Oh, it happens. But yeah, uh, no, every, like I was I was shocked going to I mean I know it as I just said, it has been cold, but going to games and being like, oh, so have the team. 
is channeling cold Trey or Sydney. Like <laughs> everybody here, Bryce was wearing a hoodie under his jersey, which I didn't even know you were allowed to do. Yeah, I didn't know you were allowed to do that either. I assumed at first it was a balaclava hanging around yeah. his neck, and then I realized it was very much a hoodie. And then yeah. I think somebody probably like said something to him because later on the hoodie was then tucked under the jersey as mm. opposed to over it. So probably somebody was like, "The hood's got to go." Mm-hmm. But like everybody, I was just sitting out there counting balaclavas. <laughs> you get a balaclava, and you get a balaclava, and look under your chair. There is no balaclava. You have to go to the team store. I don't think they sell them in the team store, which I don't understand. Yeah, no, I want a, I want a balaclava. There was a point in one of those games I wanted a balaclava, and I don't typically get that cold. <laughs> I'm more on the Steven Strasberg Geo side of things. Yeah, um, me too. It's April guys it's april and everybody is freaking out it's like apocalyptic and like guys you just need to chill there are so many other apocalypses happening the gnats being kind of bad when it's cold is not one of them well and so what put it really in perspective is i went to the reason i was in um seattle was for a work thing my sister lives there and my sister is an og gnats fan Mm -hmm. so she and her husband and i went out to dinner and it really does put things in perspective when you're like, let's talk about Lasting's Millage. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Niger Morgan. Let's talk about all these guys with upside, because the Nationals used to talk about upside a lot. <laughs> they did, didn't they? Uh-huh. You remember yep. that, which meant yeah. he's better than we, we want him to be better than any predictive modeling would imply. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was never. We're going to make him good by the power of positive thought. Yeah. Like, let's talk about <laughs> Roger Bernardina. Oh. Let's talk about, you Roger know. Roger Bernardina was good. Just I liked up to a certain point. Roger Bern- I like Roger Bernardina. I like Nigel Morgan. Like, I, I don't mind any of them. But, like, none of them were the star player that any that any no. of us thought they were going to be. When and Elijah I, Dukes went to prison. Like, I, remember have, I distinctly <laughs> remember having a conversation when... Adam Dunn went to free agency and how I thought it was really stupid that the Nats let him go to free agency because he was the only big name that they had. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and I was like, that's really dumb because you got to get people in the seats and they got to care about somebody. And it's basically Adam Dunn and, Ryder, and Ryan Zimmerman. I almost said Roger Morgan. Roger Morgan. <laughs> Ryan Zimmerman, Ryan Zimmerman. And, and Josh Willingham. Do we not remember the Josh Willingham uh, era? I remember. I remember. I don't know that I do. (laughs) No, this was at dinner and we, and it was when the Nats were down six, one to the Mets, which they would eventually come back and win eight, six, which was Mm -hmm. beautiful. Um, But you know, I I have to say it's not apocalyptic. The bats last night accepted have woken up, you know, the pitching has been good. It has been like, I have zero complaints other than overusing Madsen, which whatever. Um, like bullpen yeah. management is is no one is ever if if no one is happy with how you're managing the bullpen you're doing a good job yeah. as a manager. I'm a little upset about DFAing any Romero. Yes, but that's Who, not really managerial. That's G G managerial. Yeah, <laughs> um, and like we've DFAed Montero, Romero, and AJ Cole. Yeah, and can I just say so long, farewell? Don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. <laughs> to who? AJ All Cole. of them. I don't really. Did he do something or just like not he be very good at pitching me off? He's just not good. Like the endless chances and the yeah. bullpen blow up with him, and it was just like just just stop now. You're done. Yeah, he just yeah. he was always somewhere else and have a wonderful life. Yeah, not here. 
he was always fine. And then when the pressure was on, I mean, I knew it was going to happen. That's why I had a reserve. I've had reservations about AJ Cole for years. I was still a little shocked that they just straight up DFA'd him, but I think he may have been out of options. So that yeah. might have been their and only option. Hellickson, you know, given Hellickson's obviously older. He's a professional baseball player. He is. And he was on the Phillies. And so it yeah. wasn't like he, he was really good against the Mets. And I was just like, he was really he was, good against us too. If I recall. Yeah. Yeah, and this wasn't because the Mets had never seen him before. Like, sometimes when you have a new pitcher, they just get a sort of a slight beginning bump of, you don't know this guy. But, like, he was on the Phillies. Diamondback before, too. Yeah. Yeah. So Uh, it was sort of stages of. But I was like, yeah, you seem fine for a fifth starter. Like, I'll I'll take it. Yeah. 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 If he can keep doing in the realm of what he's just done. I will forgive him for having a first cousin who's an asshole who I live with. <laughs> That's right. Oh my god, I forgot that that was Helixson. That was Helixson. I yeah. his, his cousin was my housemate for about a year. You said yeah. he had good abs and bad thoughts. That, yeah, this was this was the guy that you came up with the phrase "some men are for looking but not for talking." About. Yes. Okay. Um, I stand by that phrase. <laughs> I agree. I've used yeah. that multiple times since yeah. you first said it. But yeah, that was that was the guy. He he looks a little bit like Thor, actually. Hmm. Oh, like that. Yeah, right, right. That that was the roommate. Oh yeah. yeah. Speaking yeah. of the Mets, um, I, I we have maintained that we want the NLEs to be a competitive division. Yeah, I keep rolling my eyes now that like other teams are playing good, and I'm like, is this really what you guys? Asked for? No, 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 not not other teams, not other teams. Just the Mets. It's the only one I'm rolling my eyes at right now. Um, well, and they're cooling off. Like, they had Thank that really God. hot start. And they've already started Metsing. So, like, Darno is out for the season because he's having TJ. I feel so bad for him. Yeah. I actually do feel really bad for him. Yeah. I think I, I have I have much more sympathy for the players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Matt Harvey, That as much as he's kind of a jerk, that situation is just really, really sad. But That was the Mets happening to Matt, Matt Harvey. Yeah. Right. Matt but Harvey. I just, I just, the fans are off the and and it's not like it's not like oh they were so terrible for so long that we just have to take joy when we can find it i'm like you guys are in the world series like a couple of years ago yeah and i understand like i understand being depressed because because it's the mets and being like yay but there's a big difference between being like yay and being like i'm an asshole yeah (laughs) so so the constant dunking on us in particular where we're like what did we do guys like the worst thing we've ever done to you is given you Jerry Jeremy uh Jerry Blevins. That was, it was a great good thing that we did. Like, I know. Um speaking of uh, by the way, deceptively th- I always think of Jeremy Blevins as a bag of sticks and he is not. Is no, he, he not is. A, bag he's a bag of sticks? Does he he's... just have like a butt attached to the sticks? Yes. Um okay. but yeah, we were talking about if there's effectively wild, those should be deceptively thick. Mm-hmm. Um cuz Strauss is definitely that now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he and Bryce apparently are shopping at the same pants store, which is the tight pants store. <laughs> um, but like that's a, yeah, the I'm worst not. thing that we've done is given them Blevins. Yeah. Oh, oh. We weren't the ones saying that we were going to win the World Series. Everyone else was. So yell at Sports Illustrated, not us. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Nats fans were the ones cringing through that whole thing because yeah, we like, knew that nothing good follows that cover. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, it's been a little over the top. Like, yeah. You can celebrate your team without shitting on other teams. Well, and the other thing is, it is April. Mm-hmm. Darno's out, yeah. so now they have Loby, who we adore, but Loby's not a starting catcher. Yeah. Also, that's what that's what I wanted to say. Like, the stats show that until recently, the Mets had the most wildly out of whack 
positive babip of the of the league. And, and the just Mets to clarify, like the worst. If you're not familiar with babip, it's apparently a it, it's just it's a luck stat. It's luck. It's, it's a measure. Yeah. yeah, it's a measure of luck, yeah. and it should regress to the mean. It should either elevate or regress to the mean. Yeah. So the Mets were uncommonly lucky to the tune of about four or five games that they shouldn't have won. And the Nats have been uncommonly unlucky to about the exact same tune of games, like four or five games we should have won that we didn't due to luck, not badness at baseball. Yeah. <laughs> and there, there was a, couple... a little bit of badness at baseball. Yeah. Right. They... That's, that's why it wasn't all of the games we've lost. It's just like, four right. Or five. And I think, I think our injuries, whatever they turn out to be, will certainly play an important role in that. Yeah. Um, to a certain extent, you could say injuries are just as much a luck scenario as, you know. As a bad medical bad. staff scenario? As it, Well, there's bad medical staff, which is treating the injuries the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And then there's there's no reason that sliding into home should give you a bone bruise on your ankle. That's yeah. true. And there's and, and Anthony Rendon taking a ball off the foot. They should have DL'd him. But, like, yeah. that they had to drain, and I yeah. understand, and it's gross. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it is our second string against everybody's first string, and we're not doing horrible because um, it's like 15 guys named Matt and Michael <laughs> A. Taylor. Um, could be Matt as well, yes. Who is M-A-T as well. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think it, there is a luck factor. There was some sloppy, sloppy base running. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some plays that it's clear they practiced in spring training because they're doing it more and they're doing it well, like a couple of the squeeze plays. Yeah. Um, which I've been really happy about. There are um, other things that maybe they didn't practice enough in spring training. Like like base running. Like they're, right. they're definitely more aggressive. And, mm-hmm. you know, some of that's been rewarded and some of it hasn't. But then we compare to the Dodgers, which the, the Scherzer versus Kershaw, like, showdown. That turned out to be, like, the Scherzer versus Kershaw both did a B-plus job on their group project. <laughs> that was a good game, though. It was. It was a great game. It was and it was a very satisfying game. It That's was... one of the few games that I have legitimately caught from start to finish yeah. without any, like, missing parts in the middle. Um, and it was a good one for that to be... I mean, you know, I'm yeah. going to prioritize that as well um, versus but, Scherzer is, is relevant to my interests, shall we say? Yes. But like when when the Dodgers were fielding something and like there was supposed to be a play at first base and there was no one at first base. And <laughs> yeah, Kershaw's like, like holding the what, ball ready to make a throw in there. The hell? there. And I'm just like, oh, it's not just us guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, we didn't like practice enough that particular play. Basically. And now <laughs> we are all out of position and jacked. So, yeah, I, I was more forgiving. Like, I, I don't want Matt Adams in left field. No. No. Like, Matt Adams is a first him. baseman. Yeah. He's a traffic cone that we hired to be <laughs> young Adam Lind. And goddammit, like, why are we making him move laterally? That's not yeah. his skill. Why didn't we just keep Adam Lind? Because he's young. Because Matt Adams is younger and cheaper. That's yeah. why. But Adam Lind is Adam Lind. We like Adam Lind. I mean, Matt Adams, I've been perfectly fine with his bat. His bat has been good, and I like it. Yeah, and he he don't field. <laughs> yeah, he's not. He's supposed to be a backup to Zim, in case Zim's arm does in fact fall off. And Kendrick is supposed to be the backup in left field, but he's been the backup second baseman. He's and supposed Defoe's, to be the backup both. Yeah, and Defoe's supposed to be the backup second baseman, but he's been the third baseman. Right. And Defoe's not great at third base because he doesn't play it a lot, but he's a really good second baseman. Yeah, he's a very good second baseman. And, you know, and he was a good shortstop last year, too. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's, some of it is, like, they look like they haven't practiced these positions because they literally have not. And, like, 
the idea that we're it's April whatever and Matt Adams is in left field and I'm like praying for the ghost of Jason Worth to give him strength. <laughs> he turned himself into an adequate left fielder. Okay, adequate. There we go. I mean, and I, I think I said this last night. I was like, with all the love, we did used to have Michael Morse in left field. So Matt Adams is doing better than that. Also, just because this episode has already been hashtag swear jar, fuck Jeff Smarja. Yep. Yeah, always. That 100%. is where we live. That is where we live. Yeah, that's where we live. And yeah, I was I was happy that we welcomed Michael Morse back with, with loving arms mm-hmm. um, last year. But like, man, you destroyed, like you ended somebody's career and there's been no negative consequences for you. Yep. 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 Still, still even with the Giants. Yeah. Um, Hanley Ramirez is using Take On Me again this season for walk-up music. I saw that. Michael did it first. Like I know, I know, first. I know. But 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 if you go to Fenway and you close your eyes, and I may or may not have done this, and the whole stadium does the high note and it sounds just the same. I'm I'm kind of sad that we like gave that one up to a certain extent because we did for like a year after Michael Mike and Morris left um oh at the, playing it as the no, seventh it, seventh inning song and I was in like my head because that was a really really formative baseball year for me in my head the song that follows take me after the ball game is take on me yes period. yeah um you know? and it always will be busting loose because like that's a dc song and i'm like that's absolutely good mm-hmm. um but yeah i i agree that it does follow like like sweet caroline yeah it should have stayed with us boston already has a song yeah that one's our song oh my god what What? did you guys hear about danny farquhar yeah 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 i didn't want to get like sad i'm sorry i i didn't hear that he had an aneurysm i just i just saw this i was looking for something he's unstable but critical or at least as of last night i haven't looked this morning yeah um poor guy very very that's terrible that's terrifying honestly Mm-hmm. Um, well, we you know. are sending all of our love and mm-hmm. positivity and all those things, and just hoping for the best. Oh my yeah. god! Sorry, um, didn't mean to interrupt. No, 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 it's fine. It's Shocked. that was a really terrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you I know? was really not yeah like plugged into news yesterday, so I yeah. I hadn't heard. I heard that I think what he fainted or. Yeah, like collapsed, but that was out and then collapsed. That was the only thing that I had heard was that he had had some kind of collapse. I had no yeah. idea. So that's holy crap. So. Um, and we were Kay and I were talking about this last night about just young, in shape guys have disproportionate like higher rates of certain like really terrifying health problems. Like Laura, you would know more about this than than I think either of us would. But like, isn't there a heart condition that is exacerbated by being in shape? Yeah, I mean, if you have, like, certain kinds of conditions that cause you to have an enlarged heart. Yeah. And then I was thinking of the hockey player who collapsed on the bench, I guess, maybe two years ago. He was a player for the Stars. I mean, he's obviously never going to play hockey again, but, like, with with, um, heart arrhythmia and, like, a whole bunch of other stuff. Mm -hmm. And it turns out he had, I think, like, a mini heart attack. Yeah. Yeah, Um, I mean, there's, there's like, a whole realm of cardiomyopathies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, That, that like being athletic and and using that Mm -hmm. sort of athleticism frequently can can contribute um and i think there is something to be 
said about um and this this could lead into a whole other topic of conversation that we may or may not want to elaborate on now but but this whole concept of preventative medicine and taking injuries seriously versus you know rub some dirt in it we've talked about this before but even for all of the medical attention that guys get because they're professional athletes you know a lot of that is is focused on specific things and maybe not so much on others it's yeah. reactionary to a certain yeah. extent and, too. And, like, and so there is a lot to be said for, you know, did you get your flu shot? Did you get your, you know, some of, some of these random things that did like you get are, a vaccine so you don't get the mumps. Right. Is anybody, they were vaccinated against the mumps and they still got the mumps. Like FYI. No, yeah, no, they some, were. There's been some lousy batches of MMR. Okay. Um, well, no. But, so, so I have feelings about this because this is what happened in hockey. Most hockey players, remember, are Canadian. So mm-hmm. this is a population that is that has had good socialized medicine for their lives. They are all universally vaccinated. The vaccine does wear off. Yeah, you need to get it re-upped. They did get it re-upped. The issue is the efficacy of the vaccine is really dependent on herd immunity. Mm-hmm. And they played in and started in Southern California where people are not vaccinating yeah. their damn children. Yeah. And so herd immunity got compromised. It got introduced into a locker room where like a cesspool even, of germs. In, yeah. <laughs> even when they like bleach it, like they close those places to like do a hardcore, like, like it is now a BSL four lab kind of cleaning mm-hmm. on it. <laughs> um, And that still does not attenuate it when you compromise herd immunity. Yeah. Like, the hockey hockey players it's not because they were anti-vaxxers it's not because they weren't vaccinated and it's not because they didn't get their booster shots it's because the people in the areas they were in compromised their immunity and that like threatened their health this uh, episode brought to you by vaccinate your damn kids by vaccinate <laughs> your damn kids um but like and that's for hockey which tends to be a rich white guy sport where people have had consistent access to good health care their entire mm-hmm. lives. Right. I mean, we talk about minor leaguers conditions a lot, and we talk about how some of the crap that they're put through is really not conducive to health. But I mean, talk about just going beyond things like, are they eating healthy? No. Do they have a stable place to sleep? Not always. Mm-hmm. But how many of these guys do we think are going to the doctor regularly for it's- just sort of general stuff? Like, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's team doctor and that's it and team doctor for sports related stuff. And I am no way diminishing, you know, the expertise of the many very, very good team doctors and athletic trainers out there, but they are a specific kind of practitioner. Well, and also if you're a minor leaguer and you're going to the team doc all the time, you're going to get a reputation for not walking things off. Yes. Which is disgusting. You know, for not sucking it up and doing whatever, when in fact it's again in the team's best interest to treat those things because if your body is the commodity that they are banking on, having that be healthy is more important than their toxic masculinity. Yeah. But 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 toxic masculinity is is everything, Sydney. We can't do without that. Also, apparently we're not we're not having the New Jerseys and women's. Yeah, I heard <gasps> What um, are you? So, I didn't know that. God, one I of the agents, I, um, I think, Susan, um, asked apparently in the team store about whether or not we're going to be able to get those in women's, and um, whether the employee who answered her knew what they were talking about or not, um, I can't attest to. But apparently, said employee said that that they do not have them currently, and they have no plans to have them. I was going to get one of those jerseys because I've come that far around on them. Wow, you I really like first them. 
I, I did yeah. I'd come around completely to the point I was going to buy one. I'm not buying one if I have to buy a men's size. Men's jerseys are uncomfortable to wear. Maybe they'll but have I, them in kid sizes. No, they probably that's what I have to. They probably won't. Um, they're probably only going to do them in men's, but I'll keep an eye out. I, I'll write to them because I was not just going to buy one. I was going to do the custom one, which is, by the way, more of my money you would have gotten to get than if I had just bought a men's jersey off the rack. Well, that's... Yeah, so the, it looks like they have a decent variety of people. Mm-hmm. It's just that they're only men's. <sighs> the and I don't know. I mean, I mean, the kids' ones fit me in the shoulders, but I can't button them. Yeah, I think I might get a... Oh, I want to see if they even have it in kids. Yeah, I'm also going to say this is a jersey that very particularly will not look as good just wearing it open because of the way oh. the Nationals goes. Exactly. So. Yeah. Do we have time to get mad about people being jerks about hats? Always. I mean, that goes back into what we were talking about before, but <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely related to it. Go ahead. Yeah, I, uh, I, this has just come up that Pedro Strop and and um, Rodney have both been wearing their hats slightly to the side. Like Fernando Rodney is wearing mm-hmm. his hat slightly to the side, as is Pedro Strop. Pedro Strop says that it was because he feels that the the batter is making eye contact with him and it's to interrupt that eye contact which whatever isn't like, it strope strope you're right it is strope um but like whatever you don't need an excuse to wear your hat yeah and and also <laughs> like that is not even in the top 2000 craziest baseball things that people do <laughs> um and Rodney's doing it as a as a tribute to his dad mhm his dad was a fisherman and would adjust his hat about the glare on the water. Yep. But we, we gotta police anybody who is not doing things the right way. Grab, 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 grab. Yeah, there's only one correct way to wear a baseball hat. Well. I mean, there are a couple wrong ways. As anybody, I mean, we've all probably seen the picture of the guy wearing his hat backwards and his sunglasses on top of his head and then using his <laughs> hand to shield aside from the sun. That's wearing your hat wrong. Yeah, <laughs> wearing your hat backwards while playing is a bad idea. If yeah. there's sun, yeah, exactly. um, you cannot catch a ball in your hat according to the rules of Major League Baseball. That's, That's some hot boy. <laughs> well, so no, that, that was Sorry, that was officially banned. People would do that, and they had to make a rule. I mean, I guess I could see it's probably not wise behavior to encourage. Because it will prob- it could easily lead to people trying to do it and then doing something really dumb and getting hurt. I think that it should be legal to catch the ball wherever. So, like, if you have a really big jersey, you can put it out like a trample. Like a, that did like happen a- to somebody a couple seasons ago. I think we talked about it, actually. Really? I mean, he didn't do it on purpose, but the ball went right down the jersey. Maybe that's why Bryce had to tuck in the hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> Just so he didn't, like, pull it back and catch a ball. <laughs> That would actually be really dangerous. Don't yeah. do that, Bryce. Bryce. Yeah. I mean, as a plan, that is definitely leading towards the injury side of things than the not. Even catching it in your jersey. That ball is coming really fast. and Taking it right in the middle of your chest, bad idea. Mm-hmm. Um, also, things you can die from if you're young and athletic. Getting hit by the projectile in the chest. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> or you can be like Chase Ellen and go on the record and say you like pain. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Let's just go like veer very far away from that. There's so many things I don't want to know about Chase Holly. <laughs> it's fine. I 
again at this game in Seattle, a friend was wearing a, a like the Players Weekend Silver Fox jersey with for Chase Utley, and I was like, and she's like, yeah, did you know Seeger picked this out for him? And I was like, you know what it was before, right? Um, for those of you at home who don't, this is this is where you shield your children's ears because he picked out Daddy originally. So, and then my friend went on a, a journey of a thousand faces. <laughs> I have to say this, and I'm just pretending that we're not talking about Chase Utley for a moment because I'm having a logical disconnect. Because daddy implies being the one who doles out the punishment, but liking the, thing <laughs> like the person who likes getting the punishment? I don't want to talk about and this. I'm having a <laughs> problem with this. Okay, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> this episode is not safe for life. <laughs> just pretend you're not talking about Chase Utley. I, I can't not. I, I know. There's no way to get him out of this conversation. Did you throw up in your mouth a little? Because I did. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. We're playing the Dodgers. So I'm just kind of yeah, like. I, I... <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. I know, it was mostly her going through like, what? 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 Oh, huh? I don't. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. you're just laughing and laughing. And yeah. then my sister cat called Georgie Springer. It was a really fun game. Yeah. Um, I think on this note, we should probably wrap it up because we've kind of uh, gone through a lot of our things. Yes. So we should probably move this towards the end. We have also um, gone on the journey of a thousand faces. Yeah, this, this episode has been the definitely thousand faces, thousand noises, thousand everything. Um. Do we have, we have any other Nat stuff that we want to address before we call it, say goodbye today? Um, obviously, we're just waiting on everybody coming back, right? Yeah, um, and I think sort of related to that is is the Queer Fancy Stats update. You know, Murphy hasn't been playing, so what do we do with Queer Fancy Stats? And, and Jen's answer to that was um, a dollar for every game that he's missed so far. Um, and then I think there was something else um to do with extended spring because um as of a couple days ago april's total was 29 dollars, but it's only april 22nd so there must be something else that i'm not finding that we're factoring in either way let us know know in replies okay um so there there was a bonus donation for something as well um but then the other thing just to be aware of um if you're interested in queer fancy stats um is that also jen is organizing um, a group ticket order for the night out game on um, June 5th, right? Yeah, June yeah. 5th, LGBT night out at the ballpark. Um, so if you're interested in being part of the Queer Fancy Stats organized group um, to go to that game, you can go to the Queer Fancy Stats Twitter and there's a link and you would contact Jen about getting tickets to that. And then obviously, you know, that it's a the whole game is thematic, so anybody who's going that night or who wants to go that night with any group would be able to take part in the night out festivities. But they're they're going to have a really fun group going. Um, so if you're interested in that, um, check out Queer Fancy Stats on Twitter, and you can get a ticket. Check out Queer Fancy Stats on Twitter always. Obviously, not just related to this, but this is a good reason to start following them. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter if you're not already, which is Resting Pitch Face with No G. You can check out our website, which has some extras, a link to our Zazzle store. You can also email us if you want to on at restingpitchface at gmail.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes if that's how you prefer. I guess it's technically Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us uh, through Apple's stuff. 
um, if that's how you choose to listen. And if you have a moment, if you could give us like a rating or a review, we all, that always really helps us out. Thank you, to, by the way, to everyone who has thus far left us a rating. I think that pretty much covers it. It's going to be May soon. I did not say that meaning to start an NSYNC song, so please don't do it to me. I didn't um, say anything. I know. It's going to be what? It's, it's going to be warmer very soon, and so hopefully the Nats are going to pick it up. But until they do, I'm Kay. I'm Laura. And I'm Sydney. Let's go Nats. Let's go Nats. Let's go Nats. Please come back, Tyler. It's just not the same since you went away. Besides, there's no other team uses chocolate sauce to celebrate.